This week's podcast brought to you by Fresh Legs. The kids have been enjoying a, a nightly YouTube comedy class with me every night where I, I just dial up random clips from the past. Inspector Clouseau, Johnny Carson, they love um, silent movies, Carol Burnett uh, sketches, but nothing has amused them so much as uh, David Letterman working the Taco Bell drive through in 1996. We've watched it repeatedly, and he's harassing customers, and, and some of them are driving off in a huff. And in one of them, the, the young woman drives off angrily, and the next guy drives up and uh, says something very funny to, to David Letterman through the box. And um, our nine-year-old parroted this back to me the other day when I said, uh, uh, where's mom? And she said, quoting the drive through episode, she said, she's gone already, chief. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Things are hardly back to normal, to put it mildly, but for the first time this week in ages we've gotten up in the morning just gotten up in the morning no gotten up in the morning and taken the kids somewhere where they had to be at a certain time uh sports camps in this case it actually started last week on friday in the evening where our son had a optional soccer practice socially distanced soccer practice but consisted mainly of running yeah consisted almost exclusively of running and uh but we're cleaning up after dinner, and it was such a weird feeling because that's what every night used to be is, uh, you know, finishing dinner, one of us cleaning while the other one's rushing off to, to bring a kid somewhere. So, and then this week, uh, we have a son at our a son, our same son, who's at a basketball camp, again, a socially distanced basketball camp. It's outdoors, it's only two hours a day. Coaches wear masks. The drills are conducted in a way that the kids um, are safe. Are they then, painted a court yeah. in, the, in the school parking lot. Yeah. And then our daughter is at a volleyball camp, same thing, um, where the kids are kept socially distanced from one another. But yeah, it, it's weird now. We're juggling. Like in, like in our former life, we're juggling um, who's picking this one up and, and this one's getting dropped off. And um it's just weird to, to peek back into our former existence. Well, when I dropped our son off at, at soccer, a friend, another parent was there, and he said, for 12 years, I've run around like crazy. And then the pandemic happened. I was furloughed from my job, and there was nothing to do, and I love it. <laughs> That's what he said. Well, yeah, I can see that. I mean, and then on top of it today, we've got a couple kids at their camps, we have a kid with an orthodontist appointment, and I am actually going to work as we record this Tuesday night. Um, we're at ESPN. We're doing a WNBA preview special where where I will be in Bristol and not just recording it from our home. So um, it's like zero to sixty in the in the matter of a couple of days. Um, and then the WNBA season starts this coming weekend. A doubleheader Saturday, which I'll be calling both games from Bristol. Doubleheader Sunday, I'll be calling both games from Bristol, and it's a uh, 
we've gone from this kind kind of calm and smooth waters to it's going to be pretty choppy coming up. Well, one of our kids said yesterday, when do you think things will get back to normal? And I said, I hope they don't ever get back to normal. I mean, if normal was exactly what it was leading up to this, I hope there's something better than normal at some point. Yeah, I I hope there's some sort of good balance. I, I hope we've learned what we can learn, and um, it'll be nice if if the kids can safely um, do some version of, of school. We have to wait and see how that works. Again, we're in a, a state where we're really fortunate that... Um, Imagine a year ago thinking yeah. it would be nice if our kids could do some version of school. Right, right. I know, I know. It's, it's absolutely nutty. Um but here in this state, because our numbers are so low and, and, and the the leadership of our state did a really good job up until this point, and of course everything can change over the course of days and weeks and before school starts, but you know, at least right now they're talking about safely being able to have the kids go back to school in some way. So we'll see if that happens. We have no idea about sports. I'll be really surprised if fall sports at the youth level happen. Um, but uh, but, but, the, the, but the sports that are happening now, the basketball camp, you sent our son off. Just same with soccer. This has suddenly fallen into our laps. They have some version of, of a sports practice again. Oh, gee, he's two shoe sizes bigger than he was when he last played soccer. So we send him without cleats to the first soccer practice. Then he has basketball camp. And again, you would think in this house of all places... We would have no shortage of basketball shoes, especially with two older siblings, um, and yet nothing fits him. He now has the biggest foot among the well. He's, he well, that's he has my same shoe size, so he has the biggest. There are no there are no bigger feet right. in the house, and so we scrambled on the morning that he has to go on Monday. Fifteen minutes before he needs to leave, we need to find shoes for him. Well, that that's the the crazy thing is you know when our. Our nine-year-old needs cleats. I just come to the basement. There, there's going to be a pair in there that fit her or even basketball shoes because they've been handed down. Shopping well, in the basement, as she calls yeah, it. shopping in the basement. But our son, um, because his foot is now bigger than all of his older siblings, doesn't have that luxury. So the other night when he had soccer, we went to get him soccer shoes um, earlier in the day, new cleats, and they were on the ones he wanted weren't in stock. So we ordered them. So but, that but, night he but, borrowed a pair of your yeah. soccer shoes. Indoor soccer shoes. Indoor soccer shoes. And then when he ha- went to his first day of camp, basketball camp, as you said, you know, he, the, the basketball shoes that l- he last wore in March are way too small. And uh, But he's wearing my size right now in um, in basketball shoes because you- I, I wear them kind of big. And, uh, and it was unreal. I've got a lot of sneakers. I don't have... Any basketball sneakers. I don't wear basketball sneakers. And so I came to our basement and found a pair, one of the few pairs I have of the Lobo 2, the black colorway, which only one pair was ever made. And that's what he's wearing this week at basketball camp. The Lobo 2 that came out in 1998. It was never sold in the black color. I had the black color, but never wore it because WNBA rules. My team wore white shoes. I had to predominantly white shoes. Anyway, I said to him in the car yesterday, I said, these are the only pair of these that were ever made. And then our, our nine-year-old said, uh, well, are you, what are you going to do when he's done with them? I said, well, the way he wears shoes, we'll probably have to throw them out. But they're the only ones. Isn't there some Rebecca fan somewhere who would want them? I said, no, there's not. The, but what are we going to do when he's in the next size? When when he's out 
Like right. when well, that'll be, that'll he'll be, be handing his shoes down to you That'll be a few me. months. And, and I know, it's crazy. The Lobo 2 is distinct from, from um, the Lobo Plus 1, which is me. <laughs> my uh, nickname for most of my... <laughs> Less. It's sometimes more helpful, actually. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you said looking for soccer cleats for him in the basement, there were none. So you ordered them online. In fact, before you order them online, you called what we've always done, called the local consignment shop. Yes. Because, you know, every kid plays soccer. One season, they get new cleats. Then they take them to the our local consignment shop. They're practically new. And we've gotten several cleats for all the kids in various sports there. But when you called them... This time, the lady laughed you off and said, we don't carry men's sizes. We I don't said, carry men's cleats. And you said, well, this, this is, we only carry stuff for children. Because I said, called. I said, do you have a men's size 12 cleat? Because cleats run yeah. sm- smallish. So, yeah, she said, uh, she just laughed. She said, no, we don't carry men's cleats. I said, well, they're for an 11-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> they're just a size 12. You carry children's cleats in a size 12. So, um, actually, all of his shoes will be perfect for consignment because I don't think any of our daughters will will grow to be wearing a men's size 12 uh, because his feet are growing so fast unlike some of his other stuff like during the basketball season this winter we had to get him a pair at the end of the season because he had just blown through his first pair like some some stuff he he just wears and until it disintegrates but his feet are growing so fast he doesn't have that chance now like these cleats that we got him you know in mid-July are probably no longer going to fit in September, when if there's ever, if there's games being played where he'll need cleats and he's going through them through everything so fast. Somebody asked on Twitter yesterday. He posted a photo of the shoes and they said, "What size is your son's feet?" I said, "He's uh, size twelve. He's eleven. What size are your eleven-year-old's feet?" And they're, they're size twelve. So we we say to him now, "Elect your shoe size, not your age." <laughs> Well, the other day I did something that I haven't done in years. Um, it happened to be the anniversary of my mother's death. Um, she died nine years ago on July 19th. And um, anyway, my friend, it was a hot day. And as you've pointed out, it's always the hottest day of well, the, the year, the July the, 19th. The day of the, the funeral. Was uh, just, was, no, the day of the, the wake sorry, the and the, the, wake, the funeral. Yeah. It just, just hot, hot, hot. So like, every like year. Like high 90s hot. Yeah. So every year when when we that that anniversary comes around, it's just the it feels like the hottest day of the year. And anyway, my friend was going to a local farm to go blueberry picking with her nine year old daughter. Wanted to know if if I wanted to go with our nine year old daughter, so we did. And uh, again, just a, a weird experience, you know, with your mask on, this bucket tied around your waist. Um, but it just got great, great blueberries. And so now we have a fridge because and we also brought our, our 13 year old. So our 13 year old, nine year old and I were all picking blueberries. So we have a giant bowl of delicious blueberries in our refrigerator. That's the only way of saying not only am I eating a lot of blueberries, but I will now. Finally, I'm vowing to make Irma's blueberry buckle. I still haven't done it. But now that we've got the fresh picked blueberries, I, I've got to do that. And. For those of you, it may be true everywhere. I didn't remember seeing it growing up, but all over here in New England, you see signs for for these places where you can pick your own blueberries. Anything else that you can? Yeah, you can pick earlier in the summer. You can pick your own strawberries yeah, yeah. at the same farm. But right now, it's blueberries and uh, raspberries. Because these things change, and they don't always specify 
they don't have to change the sign of what it is. The signs just say, most of them anyway, say, pick your own. Right. Which I've always found a kind of a, an insult. First several times I saw them, you know, <laughs> hey, pal. I mean, it's... Well, first, let's until re- I knew that it was pick your own blueberries, I didn't know what they were referring to. Can we rewind for a second? Sure. When you were a kid, did you never go to a um, blueberry patch, or did you never go to a farm and pick your own berries? Did you ever? Did you have you never picked your own? Have I never picked my own yeah. berries? Uh, no, of course not. As a kid, I, I that's not something common in Minnesota. It may be common in Minnesota. So are hunting and fishing. I didn't do that either. Oh, that's true. Oh, but yeah, no, that's... Do, do, do you think? Do you think you've met my dad? I know. You think he was taking? I think these? he's picking his own. <laughs> he was taking no, me to a blueberry never, patch to pick no, blueberries but I and never toss met them in your a bucket. Mom. I could see your mom as somebody who picked berries and made. Well, jam she certainly and... would have made jams, and I'm sure she would have. Irma's blueberry buckle would have been right in her wheelhouse. She made rhubarb pie. None of us wanted to eat it, but she did make it at least <laughs> one time, and then was enraged that uh, I think in her reaction she wasn't enraged. I'm exaggerating, but she, no, she she she, yeah, made, she and you guys wouldn't even take a. A bite of the rhubarb pie? Oh, we heard pie. We were all over it. But then when we learned what rhubarb was, so her, her, her rhubarb biggest, pie is her biggest, actually pretty good. Her biggest hits for pie were peanut butter pie. We'd love Ooh. that. Yeah. Ugh. Like so, I, I don't think of peanut butter as a pie filling. Yeah, I think was, of like apple, it blueberry. Was, it was good. Yeah, no. It, it, well, we've had this we've discussion had this before, discussion, but yeah. there's one good fruit pie and it's apple. Blueberry pie is delicious, mm. and I'll stand by okay. that. But yeah, I can remember as a kid going strawberry picking, and and they said, you know, feel free to eat the strawberries while you're picking. And I just remember having like the like the latter part of it in the whole ride home, this horrible stomach ache because I just eaten. They're they're so good when they're ripe and you're picking them, but when you're a kid and you don't realize, okay, this is probably too many berries to be eating. Didn't anybody tell you don't fill up on fruit? Have some potato <laughs> chips too. Don't fill up on fruit. We've got peanut butter pie waiting at exactly. home. So anyway, so while on our way to pick uh, berries, I was in my friend's Jeep. This is the friend who has the Jeep and was explaining to me the Jeep wave. And as we were driving, we we drove by a Jeep and my friend said, oh, I forgot I was in this car. I, I didn't give them the Jeep wave. And then she said, but that's better than when I'm in my normal car, when I'm not normally in the Jeep. And a Jeep goes by and I wave and give them the Jeep wave and they don't wave back because... I'm not in my Jeep. So we're still working on the minivan wave. When you're in an old Cutlass and you give the um, the Jeep wave to the Jeep guy, yeah, what does I he do back? You, I don't think you get one back. I found that when I'm running uh, around here and I'm carrying my phone in my hand because I'm using a, a app that tells me how far I've run and all, what my splits are and all that, the only way to acknowledge passing cars is you only have two. Your only your index and middle finger are free from holding the phone. Right. So I give whatever that wave is. It's it's but it's like two fingers, and it makes you. I always feel like a complete game show host, idiot doing it. But I I, I I like to thank those motorists who have moved over six inches um, as they go by at forty miles an hour. I, I've got and sol- fail to run me over. I've got a solution. Yeah. Wave with the other hand. <laughs> You only have the phone in one hand. Well, the other hand is 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 a pumping piston <laughs> that's keeping me. I can't. I'm Wait, not. I a, say that again. The other hand is a what? Is a pumping piston. The other hand is a pumping piston. Yeah, the, the other hand is is. While the other one picks your own. Yes. Do you remember our our correspondent pumping piston from Pacific Palisades? <laughs> that's what it is. You can't. What are you gonna? I mean, you you yes, can't. You can wave. The, the, the other hand is is your ballast that's keeping you in balance. I mean. As I'm running, look, I'm doing it right now. 
the left hand is forward as the right hand is back. Now the right hand is forward as the left hand is back. You understand how that works? Right. And then so 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 I'm trying to I wave with my right hand, and the phone is in my right hand. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Okay, I wish people could have gotten the visual of you just right now because it was really quite. You intriguing. know what I should do? Yes. I should I should learn how to wave with my left hand. You're right. <laughs> or but carry I, your phone I, with your left hand. I, I, well, do you I, I can't do it because in the same I, hand I'm not I, I I'm not ambidextrous in that way. No. No. You can't even hold your phone in your left hand so that you can give the thanks for not killing me wave with the right hand. My my left hand. I'm is, blowing your mind right my, now. My left hand is a pumping piston, as as I told you. So, um, which hand do you use to pick your own? <laughs> my dad the other day we were talking about how hot it was on the anniversary of my mother's death. How hot was it? How hot it was. My dad came over to swim, and uh, and he got in the pool, and our kids are. Like most kids are when they're in the pool, they're splashing and loud and jumping in. And and my dad, after he got out of the pool, said to me, what time were the senior hours? <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, yeah, it is quite a different experience to go in a pool without children, <laughs> especially multiple children. And going a in a, for me, going in a pool, with, going in a pool without children is called going in a pool, because when the children are in it, there's no point. Well, that that same day, you know, you get enlisted to throw our nine-year-old in, swing her, and throw her in. Like well, I was I was in the pool with the, the kids. I was in the pool with the kids last night. I mean, I, I I'm saying ideally you're in the pool when all the kids aren't in it, but practically speaking, that's never going to happen here. Because oh, so. the second, even if the pool's empty, the second a parent is in, it's such a like a, an exciting experience. But, but, the but kids all, are then in, and but also if thing. the kids are in and you're within eyesight of the pool you have to watch what they're doing right, watch look true. at this look watch what not watch from a safety standpoint you they demand that you watch whatever it is that they're doing and our son at least actually all of them have become pretty adept at as you're telling them to stop doing that when yes. you're not in the pool they just go underwater yes that drives me nuts or they they know because i'll call their name they'll be above water they'll we'll make eye contact and the second i start saying something that they know they don't want to hear they just go underwater. Well, wouldn't it be well, great, great if, if you had that? In, if you could in, do that yeah, in life. Absolutely. There, oh, that, that would be delight. Like if you had like a, a astronaut helmet that just closed. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to go on Shark Tank with that. I'm going to call it Marco Polo. And it's a uh, your own personal water tank that you can you can just submerge your ears below the surface when when you need to. Because aren't there times when I... I mean, I do that now, but without the water tank. Aren't there times now when I'm saying something you wish you could just pour water on your head or on mine? Well, there are, t- there are times when you're true. saying something that that I, I have an internal uh, submersion. Tank. Yeah. yeah. Internal, my internal <laughs> dunk tank. And I have that same tank, except I'm throwing the ball and dunking That's you. That's true. <laughs> but it's a step up from hitting you on the back of the head with the fry pan, which I think we talked about last week. Are you guys serious about this stuff? As a Rebecca Lobo set shot. Class! I'm going to give a quick little puppy update. Would this be your pup date? <laughs> yes, this is my pup date. The puppy, who we have now had for about 10 days, gave me two glorious nights where she went through the night until like five something and then stopped doing that. So I'm, I'm still seeing the... Uh, the beautiful the sky has been beautiful. I actually saw somebody posting something that there's been something going on um, that's been worthwhile to see in terms of the stars and the, the aurora borealis, perhaps. I don't know, but um, but I've no, been that's that's but I've been seeing it, 
and the northern um, lights right but she's she's a delightful she's a delightful little thing well it's interesting you mentioned that because uh your sister and um our brother-in-law were over here the other day outdoors well, outdoors and socially distanced Right. Right. Okay. But they brought their puppy. Yeah, the brother of ours. Yeah, and I was commiserating with my brother-in-law. I said, I said, you know, it's crazy. This puppy raising stuff. Not that I've done any of it, you know. But Rebecca's sleeping on the couch next to the crate um, for the last two weeks, and my our brother-in-law said that his wife wasn't was sleeping in their bed, and he said. Why don't you just bring the crate into the room? And I said, well, I, I assume this whole thing, the whole reason for getting the puppy is so she doesn't have to sleep in the same room or even on the same floor as I me. And I, think, I didn't and put and the I, crate in the room because I knew and, you would not want the crate and in the, the way room. And the way we've normalized stuff during you know mask wearing and, and social distancing and all that, I, I think the same thing is going through with going on with the puppies so that this will become the new normal but I, where i can sleep on the couch and wake up with the crick in my neck no the whole reason the crate's not in our room is because i knew you wouldn't want to have a a puppy in our room so I, i've had four children constantly in our room what why would a puppy sleeping in the same room affect me in any way you know exactly why why <laughs> You you at least didn't mind when the four children came into the world. Well, in part they were my children. Right, exactly. So, uh, well, if if I'm if I'm okay to have the puppy yapping at three in the morning or five in the morning, I would much rather be sleeping in our bed than on that uh, than on that couch. So I'll, I'll I'll accept your invitation if that's what it was. <laughs> I talked a little bit about the WNBA starting up again this coming weekend, a quick WNBA update. Uh, it's been really interesting for me as I'm, I'm listening to coaches and players talk in their press conferences from the bubble. Um, but WNBA teams are used to playing against male practice players because WNBA rosters at max can be 12 people, and, and oftentimes they're not even that big for salary cap reasons. But there's, of course, no practice players in the bubble. So watching a um, Bill Lambeer of the Las Vegas Aces, their coach, talk yesterday saying, you know, they had a couple players hurt, so they only had seven or eight who have been able to practice. So it's going to be really interesting to me to see as the games start this weekend. We've got one game on AB, or no, two games on ABC, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, two in, then a game on ESPN, both Saturday and Sunday, if people want to tune in, um, to see, you know, how the players look, um, you know, if they have you know, fresh legs, if they're in shape, all that sort of thing, but also to see, you know, what it's going to look and sound like in a, in a empty building. Holly Rowe has migrated from just out. She had to quarantine for four days in a hotel just outside the bubble where she couldn't even leave a room food, uh, room service delivered like outside the door. Now she's inside the bubble, but not yet. Uh, she has a couple more days of quarantine there, but she will be um, sitting on the at the scorers table for our games, Ryan Rucco and I will be calling the games from Bristol. But um, WNBA update: things look like they're they're going to start, and uh, and we'll at least have four games uh, to cover this weekend. So I hope people tune in. If I ever start my own, and I plan to, '80s hair band, uh, cover band, I'm going to call it. You've just inspired a name for me. I'm going to call it Fresh Legs. 
<laughs> I can see the T-shirt now. I can see the font. That's a that's a great name. Actually, it makes me think. Um, when, one of the things I asked my producer yesterday, because anytime I'm in the studio during the college season or WMB season, if I'm in Bristol in the studio, one of the questions I always ask the producer is, are we going to be behind the desk the whole time, or will there be sometimes where we're standing in front of a touchscreen, and um, just so it helps me plan my wardrobe, and so with. The producers I'm most familiar with that I work with in women's college basketball, I'll just send them a text, you know, the day that I'm supposed to go in and all it will say is comfy bottoms, question mark. And they'll say, yes, you can wear comfy bottoms or no, you have to be dressed and, you know, have your, uh, you know, heels on or whatever, because you're going to be shown um, full screen. So that that would be that you can have fresh legs as your cover band. I'm going to be comfy bottoms as like my it's more of a mine is more of a um yours, yours country is, yours is a hyphenated double-barreled uh english aristocratic last name you know sir nigel <laughs> comfy bottoms <laughs> it's a name you would see in the credits of masterpiece theater um well because things are are getting back to the new normal and we have kids to pick up from various places let's get to viewer mail shall we let's get to viewer mail First one comes from Rich in Corvallis, Oregon. Rebecca and Steve, I looked forward to wearing Sanzibelt pants when I reached my 50s, but now no one wears them and I need to completely rethink my golden years. Rich, uh, you're not going to believe this, but I completely identify with you. You remember Sanzibelt, Sanzibelt slacks? Sansabelt, French think, for without a belt. I think I think you you may have mentioned Sansabelt socks to me before, but no, I don't remember them. Yeah, they were the, like like are the, they the ones like, that were kind of high waist? Yeah, but 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 polyester? yeah, yeah, and like the coat like the coaches coaching yes, shorts, like yeah. the uh, Rydell. I can picture yeah, them. Yeah, yes, you know, there's just not, I, was I too, the whole point be that ooh they stay up and you don't have to wear a belt. Well, yeah, and as you're in your advancing years, as your as your belly enlarged, they sort of enlarged with it without well you know what though like it's i think it's i think it's for people too uh lazy to wear a belt but but not so lazy as to go to the drawstring yet see i belts have always i've always found belts interesting because belts are can be a really good looking accessory to an outfit i have never worn something that would not stay on if i didn't have a belt like, do you actually? I know you're you're not paying attention, so I, I, I need, am paying attention. Okay, I need I need your full attention. I'm 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 I'm, 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 I'm sinking below the surface of the water right now. <laughs> I know. I need to, you to pay attention as I ask you this question. Do you like need the belt to keep your pants up? And is that more a sign of you have ill-fitting pants? Like literally, I've never need a, needed a belt to keep my pants up. They just fit me well enough that they stay up. Well, I mean, if you need a belt to keep your pants up, like isn't your, your weight a... is fluctuating, and and then you know, which hole do you put in the belt? And and I've I've pounded nail holes into various belts for our kids um, to keep their pants up. So yeah, I mean, but a rope will suffice. Piece of twine. <laughs> I just see it more as a fashion accessory than a necessity, than a wardrobe necessity. You uh. You're lucky that you but can go. But maybe that's go, because all of my pants are drawstring. You can go sans <laughs> a belt. Sans yes, a belt. comfy bottoms. Um, Matt, our resident Fisher's Islander, uh, writes, Good afternoon, Restivia. Restivia. Ah, he's adding a little uh, 
artificial sugar, sugar too, artificial sweetener. sweetener. Thank you for artificially sweetening our day, Matt. Uh, I hope the puppy training is continuing to go well. Here's a list of all of Rebecca's basketball cards. And indeed, here is a um, list, uh, a gallery view of all of your basketball cards. So, he um, asked last, or someone asked last week if I had ever... If I ever come across ones that I haven't seen, please forward that. To I, me. I I've seen most of these. Most of them come across, come through uh, the mailbox on a daily basis. But I will I will forward this to you. Some of them look like they were purchased from the same photo agency because they're different, same photo with different cards. But I will forward that to you. Thank you, Matt. This is all coming to ballandchainpod at gmail com. By the way, um, Ed, a Connecticut Yankee in Pennsylvania, writes: Dear Restiva, thanks for keeping the ball and chain rolling during the pandemic. You're doing a great service. Cleaning around the house yesterday, I came across this item and thought of your family. Is this yours? Writes Ed. And by God, it could be. It's a it's a puzzle piece. Ah. A single puzzle piece. Um, the kind, the classic puzzle piece with a with a uh, a, a knob at either end, and then four sort of large. You know, you know what you know what a puzzle piece looks like. We've come to. Uh, the classic puzzle piece with a knob at either end. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I yes. Um, anyway, thank thanks, Ed. Um, it is ours. Please, please forward. Um, uh, Stuart, how, how are you doing on swag? How am I doing on swag? I haven't sent any out. Okay. I, I'm going to. I, I have to send that out. We should send out missing puzzle pieces to. Um, Never mind. Um, Steve, Rebecca writes, Stuart, uh, Steve's willingness to leave events early to beat the traffic brought back a memory for me that my dad and I still laugh about. We were living on Long Island and attending a sold-out game at Yankee Stadium in 1976 against the dreaded rival Boston Red Sox. We had parked at the top of a large parking structure, maybe eight to ten floors, next to the stadium, and he knew getting out of there was going to be dreadful. I remember that parking garage. Hours crawling inch by inch to reach the exit. The Yankees were down by three runs in the bottom of the ninth, and my dad said we were going to go and beat the traffic. I went along with it, and as we got to our car, we turn on the radio and hear the Yankees are now only down by two, with two out and Chris Chambliss at the plate. I literally remember word for word what Yankee announcer Phil Rizzuto said next. One swing can win this game. There's nobody leaving this ballpark. <laughs> with, that's my impersonation of the scooter. With those words... And if the baseball gods were laughing at us, and as if the baseball gods were laughing at us, Chambliss proceeded to hit a three-run home run, and the Yankees won, and we heard everyone in the crowd screaming. With my dad behind the wheel, we kind of just looked at each other, neither one of us saying a word, silently acknowledging that leaving early might have been a tactical error. We still kid about it to this day whenever we look back at things that we'll never forget. I hold no grudges. Uh, thank you, Stuart, in Los Angeles. Um, P.S. He adds, even though this horrifying event happened, I'm still like Steve about wanting to leave early, especially at Dodger Stadium. I've been to hundreds of games and rarely stay till the final out. Well, this all came up because we left uh, the Paul McCartney concert slightly early at Dodger Stadium. Dodger Stadium, if you don't leave a little bit early, um, you can add like Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, a couple of hours to your to your evening. Well, it's funny because for me, leaving early means like. 10 minutes after a game ends because when I'm calling a game and I'm there, if we get off the air and then sometimes we have to do a quick post game thing. But, um, if it's somewhere where I'm, I have driven, especially like if I'm in stores or say in Hartford, the whole thing is to beat the, the crowd. But obviously I can't leave before the game ends, but usually women's basketball crowds for whatever reason. But, but the aforementioned Phil Rizzuto would leave before Yankee games ended. Honestly, he would, uh, he, he would leave to beat the traffic. They would show the George Washington bridge, you know, on WPIX, like an aerial shot. And, and they would say, scooters already on. This is like in the eighth inning. He's, he's, he's over the bridge now. He's already home. And uh, yes, I mean, he was, he was 
He was in his advancing years, in his later years as a Yankee broadcaster, and he would indeed leave early to beat the traffic. It's you should think about I that. Should, you should I, get that written into your next contract. That I can leave early. I should ask Ryan Rucco about that, if there's anybody now, now that Ryan calls Ryan Yankees will know all about games. the scooter, exactly. Yeah, if he, uh, uh, he, he must aspire to that. I, Career I goals. I so. I'll have to ask him. Well, uh, George, our our uh, our mo- my monocle dealer in Columbus, and my croaky dealer, and my uh, and my uh, jeweler's loop dealer, writes. Uh, I must disagree with your comment that it's almost always appropriate to leave an event early to avoid the traffic. In, in 1997, my friend Steve and I attended the decisive Game Five of the American League Division Series, Indians versus Yankees, at Jacobs Field. So this is now a Yankees game in Cleveland. I can still picture the Tribe left fielder catching the final out and the players leaping across the field as the crowd erupted with joy. As I was reminding myself to savor the moment, Steve said, let's go. We can beat the traffic. Really? So we left. Today, I, I can't tell you whether we beat the traffic or not because I don't remember that part. I just remember the part about the 45,000 euphoric fans. <laughs> Almost 20 years later, my daughter Katie called to ask if I would be interested in driving up to Cleveland to watch the Cavs game. It was an away game, but she thought it would be fun to watch it together at a sports bar downtown near her office. I said, I didn't think so because by the time the game ended and with my long drive home, it would be pretty late. Then I came to my senses. It was game seven of the NBA finals and the Cavs had LeBron and it was Father's Day and my daughter wanted to watch the game with me. What the hell was I thinking? So I went and when the final Warriors shot clanged off the rim, neither of us were thinking about beating the traffic. We joined thousands of our newest and closest friends on the streets of Cleveland celebrating the city's first title in decades. I got home after 3 a.m. tired, but with no regrets. Memories are personal things, so sprinting through Dodger Stadium with your daughters created the kind of cherished memory that my daughter gave me that I'm happy for you, and we have both been blessed. But I must agree with Rebecca that, more often than not, it's even better to take your time and enjoy the moment. By the way, if you're recording this on Tuesday the 21st, it's Katie's birthday, so happy birthday, Katie, and thanks for giving your dad so many great memories. We are recording this on the on the 21st, and happy birthday, Katie. So as you hear this, Katie, happy belated birthday. Have you, from, from your father, the memory dealer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a lovely male, and it's, it's, uh, and he's right. He's right. That was a lovely male. I'm sure he's a lovely male. And 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 if and, he, and and if and and if if a sunset of the beach were Game Seven of the NBA Finals, I wouldn't have left to beat the traffic. And the beauty instead, of instead, you were leaving the sunset that but, you were but, experiencing with your your wife and oldest daughter. But but together, we left the sun there. But I took I took. You and and my daughter with me, um, and and at Dodger Stadium with Joe Walsh and Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney, we could hear the music, we could see the fireworks, and uh, and that memory of sprinting through the palm fronted Dodger Stadium parking lot uh, is, is a good one for you. Uh, and when the girls are older, we'll have to find out if it. Uh, if uh, I, th- I think th- they have if no they complaints. have any regrets. Uh, Lori in Seattle writes, Rebecca and Steve, I enjoy the podcast and it keeps me entertained while walking. My mother, who passed away last year, lived in Simsbury for many years near us in Connecticut here. She would often spot Rebecca while doing errands. You always took the time to say hello to her. I enjoyed my mother's retelling of those conversations. I appreciate your kindness and all that you do for women's basketball. I assume she's talking to me. (laughs) I'm sure. Uh, So anyway, Lori, thank you. Yeah, that's lovely, Lori. Thank you very much. I used to live in Simsbury and, uh, and so I'm sure I saw her mother mother out relatively frequently. So that was Lori uh, in Seattle. This is Lori in Indiana. This is Tough Schist. Ah. Lori, Tough Schist Curtis. T- tough Schist Curtis. Rebecca, thank you for the link that explains what happened to the Houston Comets. I thought the WNBA was supposed to be a compliment to the NBA filling in the offseason. My take on the article was that since the Houston Rockets were not doing well, then the owners didn't want to deal with a super successful comment. Comets. Comets. It is sad. I, I retweeted um, an interview 
an article that kind of explained what happened to the Houston Comets because somebody asked us in our viewer mail last week, and it was Tina Thompson talking about it. And actually what she was saying was in the early days when the same owners owned NBA and WNBA teams, they would share personnel in the front office. So a marketing person who worked for the Houston Rockets might also work for the Comets, ticket sales, whatever. And back in those days, the the Comets were struggling, and they, they actually shared the same GM as well. And so... Um, Tina's take on it was that, you know, Les Alexander, the owner of the Rockets, wanted to have those people devoting all of their time to the Rockets um, and help them be a better franchise. And even though the Comets were doing really well, um, because the Rockets, of course, make a ton more money than the Comets did, even when the Rockets were struggling and the Comets were doing well, he wanted to have those resources exclusively devoted to the Rockets. At least that was Tina's take on why Les Alexander sold uh, the Houston Comets. Ilana, our resident Canadian, writes, uh, Dear Stephen Rebecca, my dad was a great proponent of beating the traffic no matter what the situation or enormity of the event. It was only surpassed by beating the weight at restaurants, dropping a kid off before parking assisted with this effort, but I digress. We always left things early to avoid traffic. It was mainly Expos games, but the ultimate and most annoying for me was the one Montreal Canadiens game I went to a year, always against the Flyers. Midway through the third period, as my father was calculating when to leave, I was unsuccessfully pleading my case to stay until the end, even though the score didn't merit it. However, the previous year, history did as uh, no matter the score, one side would always end up having end up tying the game regardless of deficit after our departure. Sometimes we heard a goal as we were exiting the forum, not that poser building in Los Angeles. Other times on the radio on the drive home. It happened so often it became a tradition and I was disappointed when it didn't. Of course, it wasn't the same when the when the Habs or Habnots, as I like to call them, relocated to the Molson, now Bell Center. This is a fond memory I have of my dad who passed away in January and have not thought about it in years until you started discussing it last week. Uh, so Alana, so there you go, Rebecca. It's a fond memory of her father leaving leaving Canadians games early at the old fantastic Montreal Forum. I'm sure it also would have been a fond memory of watching the end of the games with her father. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps not. By the way, perhaps. the Forum that was a, that was a cool place. I remember uh, going there for the first time in 1989 while it was still standing, which was of course the time to see it. Um, and uh, I've since been to the Bell Center for Canadians game, and it's it's not the same. Andy in Durham writes, I'm catching up on recent podcast episodes and have the following comments. I, I had two more in the passing of Carl Reiner, a genuine comedic talent that will be missed. Jerry Seinfeld did an episode of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee in which he visited Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks doing one of their many dinners. That's where I first, I think, learned of them having dinner oh, together. I have seen that yeah. one. Okay. Worth a watch. I think they're both selling, sitting at TV dinner style folding tables, slinging jokes between bites. I loved the attention to rigmarole. It reminded me of another of my favorite terms, lollygagging, which got some notoriety in the film Bull Durham. A suggestion for the minivan wave, minivan wave, Rebecca, that you want to do is the rueful nod of weariness of parenting and commiserating that includes a flat pursing of the lips. I think I like that. Kind of when uh, Charlie Sheen arrives in Vietnam and the other guy's leaving at the start of Platoon and, you know, one is fresh face and the other is world weary and then it repeats at the end of the movie. I noted the phrase uh, taking vitals, which always brings me back to one of my favorite wordsmiths, George Carlin, who might have asked, did they give them back? <laughs> I recently retired after a rewarding career in healthcare. Despite retirement, I remain an advocate for public health and appreciate your support of health advice for your listeners, viewers. As always, keep up the good work, Andy and Durham. Thank you, Andy. We will try not to uh, um, uh, give too much health advice since neither of us is um, really qualified to give any health advice other than the, the obvious uh, stay away mask. from me and wear a mask. Exactly. 
Uh, your resident organ ducts, not Oregon ducts expert, checking in with a possible correction slash revelation. This is from uh, our friend John, and and I'm I'm always reluctant to look at corrections as a journalist and an author when you get somebody who says I've got a correction and, and your book has been out for a year and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm reluctant to read, but let's read on, shall we? One of your kids was inquiring about a photo of George Washington, quote, without his teeth. She was then advised that there would be no such photo as photography had not yet been invented when George was alive. It was actually without his wig, but yes. Okay, well, same thing. Well, a few years back while on vacation, I was astounded to find that, in fact, there is a photo of our first president in the Schoolhouse Museum at the Union, Maine Fairgrounds, in the Schoolhouse Museum at the Union, Maine Fairgrounds, Maine, the state. There is, in fact, a photograph of George Washington. Sadly, still no evidence of teeth or lack thereof. But who are we to dispute the historical and technological evidence offered by the good people of Maine? And uh, and here is a uh, framed and on the label in the museum photograph of George Washington. Um, and of course, what what is framed is a is a drawing of George Washington. <laughs> in fact, it looks like the one from the dollar bill. So. Thank you for that, uh, John. And uh, let's give the last word to Dr. Gary Siegel simply for his uh, his email header, Doggy DNA, and a quiz for husband viewers. Let's see where this goes. Dear Rebecca and Steve, as always, it was so nice to have a respite from the world for a few minutes while listening to the podcast. Good luck with the new puppy. I'm so glad she and Jesse are our best of friends. Well, they sort of tolerate each other anyway. Um, They're growing closer yes, by they the are, day. They are. In our, in our neighborhood of townhomes, there are some people who don't pick up after their dogs. Recently, in a video neighborhood meeting, one neighbor suggested that all neighborhood dogs be tested for doggy DNA, and thus Inspector Clouseau or his designee could use doggy DNA to find the nefarious dog and owner and mete out appropriate justice. Sheesh. Now, I will Come not, on. I, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> that to. That is such an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, CSI. Uh, we want all dogs tested for DNA so that we can then test their dog droppings for yes. DNA. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, more importantly, Mrs. Mrs. Dr. Siegel gave me two more store credits for Costco recently, and per her instructions, I put them in my wallet for my next trip during senior hour. Senior hour at Costco. That's where we should send your dad instead of the senior hour swimming. at the swimming pool. Yes. Here's the quiz. What does a husband do with two Costco store credit cards when he checks out? A, uses them to pay for the goods. B, forgets about them totally and gets asked about their use two days later. While I don't want to speak for all Ill of all husbands, I am familiar with one who recently answered B to that quiz. <laughs> Best regards, Gary. Uh, I don't have a Costco credit card, but I'm assuming like many other stores, you get some sort of rewards points or something when you use it at that store. Well, 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 or you get like Target card, you get 5% off. So I'm, it's probably something like well, that. Well, this makes me think last week, last Friday, I took our two daughters. You were going to, but I did it instead. Our two older daughters took to LensCrafters because they both needed new glasses. Right. And our, our older daughter just needed, she wanted to get the same frames that she had, but they were broken beyond repair because Jesse sat on them about a year ago. And, and we had them repaired once, but the guy said they couldn't be repaired again. Um, but she loved them, so she, she wanted those exact same So she's, worn, same she's worn them falling off her face for like yes. six months. She wanted the same frames, so we went there. They had the same frames, um, but the lenses would take two weeks to order. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, you know, she's worn them this long. No big deal. And we left. And she had said, she had been saying something, but I had been submerging my head below water while right. she was it's talking It's the same thing I had been saying before you left while you, while you also had been submerging So when I went and delivered water. the kids to you uh, at uh, someplace, we were all meeting up. You said, well, why didn't you just 
have them take the lenses out of our current frames. Those are fine and put them in the new frames. Since they're the exact same frames. And I said, well, why didn't they suggest that to me? I hadn't thought of that. And then our our director said, I suggested it to you while we were in Lens Crafters, that they just take these these frames and put them in in the new frames. And I I didn't say this because... It wasn't the right time, but I was thinking, and I told you that before you left. Well, anyway, um, I have to leave this afternoon to pick up her new glasses with their new lenses in the new frames um, because I hadn't thought of that, and it's much too late to do it now. So with that, have let's have, let, I got to go. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.